Welcome to this week's episode of Weekly Devotions with Pastor James. My name is James, and I pray that you are having a wonderful day. Uh, thank you for tuning in with us today. I want to start you off with a question before uh, we get into things. What is the hardest thing you've ever had to do in your life? And for some of us, that's going to be really deep, really difficult, and uh, we're going to be seeing that in today's episode of our Unsung Hero little series that we're going to be finishing up today. But uh, before we get into all of that, I want to thank you for tuning in today. Pray that uh, things are going well for you and your loved ones and your family and your friends. And uh, if you're joining us, I want to thank you for uh, joining us today. Those of you that are new, I know we've been having a, a lot of new vis- uh, visitors, if you would, uh, listeners tuning in uh, from all over the world, which always fascinates me. I want to thank you for that. I really do uh, appreciate each and every one of you. And uh, our aim here at Weekly Devotions with Pastor James is just to help you have a healthier walk with Jesus. That's all we want to do. We want to help you in your walk with Jesus in any way that we can and just give you a bit of a devotion every week to meditate on, to think about on, and hopefully prayerfully help you and your relationship with Jesus. And uh, if you want to connect with us, something new for you this week is you can connect with us at guardingthewell at gmail.com. And so if you want to connect with us, you could do so via email. And once again, that is guardingthewell at gmail.com to shoot us an email. And uh, we would love to hear from you. And if you don't mind uh, liking and sharing this, uh, trying to get these podcasts out to more people. And that is a great way for you to bless us, to encourage us, is to uh, share these episodes with those that you know that maybe it could benefit. And so all you have to do is hit that share button, let them know about it. And uh, it would be an incredible blessing to us here at uh, Weekly Devotions with Pastor James. And so I asked you a question of what is the hardest thing you've ever done in your life? And the reason I asked that was um, today in our episode, we're going to be looking at our last unsung hero. And so far, if you've been joining us in this series, we've looked at Benaniah, uh, and he showed us that an unsung hero lives by faith. And then we looked at Mary and saw that she's an unsung hero and that an unsung hero lives for Jesus to increase and for self to decrease. And then in last week's episode, we looked at Elisha. And in Elisha's life, we saw that an unsung hero lives for an audience of one. And that audience of one is the Lord. It is Jesus that we live for his glory, for his attention, for his approval, for for him in every way, shape, and form. But this week, uh, our last unsung hero, because we're going to be finishing up this little mini-series in this episode, our last unsung hero is Ezekiel. And you may know Ezekiel. There's a whole book of the Bible named after him because he wrote it. Uh, But there is something about Ezekiel and his life that um, I think, and this is just personally, is one of the hardest or gut-wrenching things that we find in all of the Bible. And I've read the Bible cover to cover multiple times. I've taught through more than half of the books of the Bible. And I will say, at least for me, this part of Ezekiel's life, actually, and his ministry, is one of the hardest and saddest 
aspects of scripture uh, on a personal level, uh, a human level, uh, that we find in Scripture. And so we're going to get right into it. Um, we're, we're looking at Ezekiel, and we're looking at a passage of Scripture, uh, if you want to look at it now or sometime later, but Ezekiel chapter 24. And in Ezekiel chapter 24, I'm going to read to you uh, verses 15 through 24, and it's a little bit longer than I normally read, but hopefully you'll follow along with me. It says, The word of the Lord came to me. Remember, this is Ezekiel writing. Son of man, with one blow I am about to take away from you the delight of your eyes. Yet do not lament or weep or shed any tears. Groan quietly, do not mourn for the dead. Keep your turban fastened and your sandals on your feet. Do not cover the lower part of your face or eat the customary food of mourners. So I spoke to the people in the morning, and in the evening my wife died. The next morning I did as I had been commanded. And the people asked me, won't you tell us what these things have to do with us? So I said to them, the word of the Lord came to me and say to the house of Israel, this is what the sovereign Lord says. I'm about to desecrate my sanctuary, the stronghold in which you take pride, the delight of your eyes, the object of your affection. The sons and daughters you left behind will fall by the sword and you will do as I have done. You will not cover the lower part of your face or eat the customary food of mourners. You will keep your turbans on your heads and your sandals on your feet. You will not mourn or weep, but will waste away because of your sins and groan among yourselves. Ezekiel will be a sign to you. You will do just as he has done. When this happens, you will know that I am the Sovereign Lord. And as I said, that passage is from Ezekiel chapter uh, 24, and it is one of the most gut-wrenching aspects of Scripture um, that I, I come across. And I say that just personally. Uh, and the reason being is if, if you don't get all of that and if you don't have the Scriptures in front of you, uh, Ezekiel's wife dies. And it's not that she just dies. It's that God takes her away. And what I want you to get out of this and, and point out to you is that one day, uh, Ezekiel, and I'll tell you a little bit more about him in, in a moment, but God comes to Ezekiel and he goes, Ezekiel, um, I got to let you know about something. Uh, I'm going to take your wife tonight. She's going to die tonight. And when she dies, when she passes away, you are not to mourn for her. You're not to mourn for her publicly. You can groan inwardly. That's okay. But you're not allowed to mourn for her publicly. You're not allowed to cry for her publicly. You're not allowed to lament for her publicly. You're not to dress as the normal mourner would. You're not to eat the food that people bring to you in your mourning. You cannot mourn for your wife, the delight of your eyes, as Scripture tells us, publicly. And, and let that sink in for a moment. God goes, you, I, you can't do it. I don't want you to mourn for your wife, even though I'm going to take her from you. Well, why would God do that? Why would God do that? Well, I give you a little bit of background about Ezekiel, at least for his, his ministry. You don't want to 
keep you for an hour or thereabouts here in, on, on this. We try to keep them 20 minutes or less, these episodes. But the scriptures so show to us Ezekiel and that he was a man of deep feelings and emotions. Maybe you could relate with that, that he felt things deeply. Um, Ezekiel often wept and cried over the fate of Jerusalem and Judah. And one of the reasons why is because of his ministry that he had. Ezekiel's ministry is one of telling the nation of the condemnation and judgment of God that was coming upon them. And and just think about that, that your ministry, that the words that you were to say to others was all about uh, their condemnation and the judgment that God was bringing upon them. And then after that, he, Ezekiel starts talking about the other nations and the judgment that God is going to be bringing upon them because of their sin as well. And then finally, towards the, the end of Ezekiel, he starts to speak of a restoration, a hope for the future, which is what you and I would call today the end times and the second coming of Jesus and things along those lines. And and so Ezekiel's ministry was a difficult one because of the message that he had to proclaim to the people. It wasn't all cupcakes and butterflies and everything along those lines. His messages were hard and they were difficult to speak and see come to pass and everything along those lines, but it was also hard for him because of the way he had to deliver his messages. I'll give you a little hint uh, or insight into the life of pastors, and this isn't this isn't an every week thing or anything along those lines, but every once in a while, a pastor will live the message that they're going to preach that coming Sunday. They'll live that message out during the week. And so there are times when I sit down to write my messages at the end of the week, I'll sit there going, my word, I've been living this message all week long. Uh, It's absolutely crazy. You see, Ezekiel, he lived these messages out. His sermon illustrations are, on one hand, very weird, but on the other hand, they literally come directly from God. For example, uh, one message that Ezekiel was to give, in order for him to give it, he had to cut his hair, shave his beard, and weigh out that hair, and then scatter it. Like, what if you... uh, that I don't even know. Like, can you imagine picturing somebody on 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 the street corner going, "Hey, I have a message for for you from God." But first, I have to cut my hair, shave my beard, and then I need to weigh that hair out. And that's all a sermon illustration. That's very weird. Or here's another one for you. One time, the message that Ezekiel had to give, he had to play army. Now, picture this: a grown man playing army. Uh, is in the middle of town playing army. And so God told Ezekiel, you have to build a little fort and then you have to build some siege ramps up against it and literally play army in the street corners and tell everybody that this is a message of God. If you see a grown man in the town square playing army, now if he's playing with his kids, you're like, okay, that's fine. But if he's by himself and he's playing army and laying siege to a building, you're going to think he's off his rocker, that he's not really all there. And there's another time in Ezekiel's ministry that part of his message, his sermon illustration, was that he had to lay on his side for months. Like, think about that. He had to lay on his side for months. That's all God wanted him to do. You lay on your side and you give this message to the people. And so, you see, Ezekiel's life was sermon illustrations to use that, that picture, that analogy, if you would. That he lived all these messages out. 
and that God wanted him not just to speak these messages, but to show them. And I come to this aspect of scripture that I read to you, and what I see here in Ezekiel is that God tells him, Ezekiel, I'm, I'm going to take your wife. She's going to die tonight, and I don't want you to mourn for her publicly. And that is so, if you're new, I, I've been married for 19 years, and I've been with uh, my wife. We were together five years before we even got married. And so I'm trying to picture how I would respond if God came to me and, and said that to me. But we know how Ezekiel responded because verse 18, it says this, So I, that is Ezekiel, spoke to the people in the morning, and in the evening my wife died. The next morning I did as I had been commanded. And so we know what Ezekiel does. God tells him, don't mourn for her. And Ezekiel does it. He listens to God. He imagine how hard that was for him. Imagine how difficult it was for him to have his wife taken from him, the delight of his eyes, as Scripture says, and then not mourn for her publicly. And as I sit and I think about this and have so many questions just racing through my mind and thoughts and everything along those lines, the one thing about Ezekiel that comes to me that is a trait, a characteristic, if you would, of an unsung hero is this, that Ezekiel lived a life of obedience. The unsung heroes do not just live a life of faith like Benaniah, or that unsung heroes uh, do not just live for Jesus to increase and themselves to decrease like Mary, or that unsung heroes do not just, they just live for an audience of one like Elisha, but that unsung heroes also live a life of obedience. And Ezekiel's whole life is that, not just here with the death of his wife, but then his whole life was a life of obedience. That when God told him to do something, he did it. Now, I'm not saying that Ezekiel was perfect. I know Ezekiel wasn't perfect. I know that he sinned in his life because there's only been one perfect person, and that is Jesus. But his life was marked by an obedience to God. And we know what obedience is. Obedience is just simply um, doing that which somebody is telling you to do. And so when God comes and he says, I want you to do this, or I don't want you to do that, we just listen, we obey, we do it. And so we know what obedience is. It's putting God's word into practice and submitting to the Lord and, and what he says. And Ezekiel lived this out from laying on his side to playing army to cutting his hair to not mourning at the death of his wife. He did what he was commanded to do. So we know what obedience is, but here's the question. Why should you and I obey? You see, we all go through life like this as kids, teenagers, adults, and somebody will ask us to do something or maybe when you're a kid tell you that you need to do something. And we have these thoughts come to mind. Well, why should I, why should I obey you? Why should I do what you're telling me to do or asking me to do? And we've all been there. It's a very common thing, a common mindset to have is why should I obey you? And if we're honest with each other, we struggle at times 
when God is commanding us, asking us to do something, and we struggle with the obedience because we just don't want to do it. We have the mindset of, God, why should I listen to you? Why should I obey you? And there's a lot that goes into it. But one thing I want to share with you today to help uh, with your obedience as to why uh, you and I should be obeying God is simply this, that when we obey One of the things that happens is that God transforms us. Transformation happens because of obedience. We are transformed because we obey, or or when obedience happens in our lives is because we're we're obeying, and, and that God uses that obedience to transform us. You see, where you are at in your life right now, one of the things that Jesus wants to do, and he actually does in us by the working of the Holy Spirit, is he wants to transform us. He wants us to become more like him. Uh, Paul tells us in Romans 12, you know, to renew our minds, not to be conformed to the Im- image of this world. And so God wants to transform you and I. He wants to transform our heart and our mind and our attitude and all of those things because in Christ you are a new creation. The old has gone and the new has come. And transformation in Christ um, doesn't come just by reading the scriptures or listening to a sermon or reading a book or maybe even listening to a podcast like this. You know, those things help and God does use those things to work in us a transformation process but one of the main things that transforms us is actually obedience i'll give you an example roughly 20 years ago a little bit more than 20 years ago i was in the best best shape of my life i was playing football in high school and uh weightlifting and running and everything along those lines and i was in really good shape Fast forward 20 years later, four kids later, married 20 years, thereabouts, just under. I am in not, I'm not in any shape at all. Not in any shape at all. But here's the thing. I know how to get in shape. I know how to lift weights. I did it for years. I know how to exercise. I know the foods that I should not eat. I know the foods that I should eat. I have the knowledge, but that knowledge is not transforming me. What will transform me is if I obey that knowledge and actually exercise the way that I know how to, if I should, if I actually obeyed and ate the way that I know that I should. And so it's not the knowledge that is going to transform me. It is the obedience with that knowledge that transforms me. Because guess what happens? Oftentimes we'll sit back and we'll ask or we'll think, why has Jesus, why hasn't Jesus fixed my marriage? Why hasn't Jesus fixed my uh, finances? Why hasn't Jesus grown the church? Why hasn't Jesus saved this person that I'm talking to? Why hasn't Jesus done this or that? And the answer to that question very well could be because you and I are not obeying Jesus. That when it comes to your marriage, for Jesus to fix it is he needs you to obey him. For when it comes to your finances, Jesus wants you to obey him. When it comes to your friend or your family member coming to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, Jesus wants you to obey him and share the gospel with him. And so one of the reasons that you and I should obey Jesus is because as we obey him, it transforms us more into the image of Jesus Christ. And so transformation comes when
when we obey Jesus, where we are taking what he is saying and how he is leading, and we do it, and we obey. That is something we we learn from Ezekiel with living in obedience and doing all those things that uh, obedience actually transforms us. Well, why should we obey, though? that's how we obey and another reason why we should obey is is simply this we should obey because we love jesus it's simply that you and i we we live in a culture and and there's so many things in our culture that that you know of throughout the world and and here in america and things along those lines and there's so much in culture that goes to take away our, our hearts and our minds and our times and our attention, and we just fall in love with so many different things. And not that it's wrong. Not It's not all sinful. I'm in love with my wife. I'm in love with my kids. You know, there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing sinful. I really enjoy sports. Um, so there's nothing wrong with that as long as it's not taking away from our love with Jesus. You see, you and I, we will obey when we love Jesus. And Jesus actually tells us this in John chapter 14. He goes, you know what? If you love me, you will obey me. And so if we love Jesus, we will be obeying him. But here's the other thing. If you and I are not obeying Jesus, do we actually love him? Because Jesus literally says, if you love me, you're going to obey me. So if we're not obeying him, does, does that mean we're not loving him? So the reason we need to be obeying Jesus is because it'll transform us more into the image of Christ, but that it also shows that we love Jesus. When I was younger, I obeyed my grandparents because I loved them, not because I was getting anything from them, because I, I loved them. Obedience to Christ comes from a heart that loves him and trusts him. If you say you love Jesus, but you're not obeying him, then you don't love him. See, our obedience to Jesus shows our love to him. And as we follow his commands to come together, uh, share the gospel, be in the scriptures to grow and become more like him, as we go into our communities, into our jobs and make disciples, we're showing that we love him. So let me ask you this. Is your life showing that you love Jesus? To be an unsung hero is to live in, in obedience to God, no matter what he is calling us to do, because it'll transform us more into his image, and because it shows that we love Jesus. So where do you need to obey God today? What is it that God is calling you, asking you, prompting you to be doing in your life today? Not tomorrow, but just today, that you need to be obeying him on. Because that's what an unsung hero does, just like Ezekiel. And so I pray that this has been a blessing to you. I uh, pray that you are growing in your walk with the Lord. And uh, if you need to connect with us, want to connect with us, once again, you can do that. You could reach us via email at guardingthewell at gmail.com. And we would love to hear from you. And so we hope you have a great day and you take care.